Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast for Salem Heights Church. We meet weekly at 9 and 11 a.m. For more information, visit SalemHeightsChurch.org. Well, good morning, church. Man, what a powerful time of worship. Man, I hope you were blessed by that. You are a guest with us. That is one of the things we love to do is to worship the Lord, to proclaim back to Him the truth about who He is. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Well, this morning, if you have your Bibles, I want you to grab them and uh, join me in the book of Psalms. We're going to be looking at Psalm 1 this morning, Psalm 1. And as you're turning there, I want to remind us of a few things. Uh, This is God's Word. It is living and active. It claims that it was sent out by the Lord to accomplish a task in the lives of those who would hear it and receive it and obey it. Worship has primed our hearts to be ready to receive what God has for us today from his word. And so as we read along and as you listen to these scriptures that we're about to read, we need to do so expectantly. And so if you're ready to hear from the Lord this morning, I want you to say ready. But you stand with me, and we're going to read Psalm 1, verses 1 through 6. This is the word of the Lord. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway of sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not like this. Instead, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand up in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. Would you pray with me? Father, help us to understand what we are reading here in Psalm 1. Help us to see what you want us to to see. Help us to see what you've highlighted for us. Use this word to encourage, to convict, to instruct, to stir our affections for you. We ask this in your your son's precious name. Amen. You may be seated. I have a question for you this morning. I want you to answer it in loud as I ask it out loud. Are you happy? Yes. You disobeyed. Very simple instructions. You know, I think for many of us, the answer to that question is, is fairly circumstantial, meaning it depends on how things are going today. I know that we all desire to be happy, but I'll ask you again, this is the second opportunity for you to answer in loud, are you happy? Amen. 
See, among those answers, I heard somebody say, sure. And I think that actually may be many of us in here this morning. You see, for some of us, if we're honest, we question whether happiness is actually possible. The challenges of our, our health, our finances, raising children in today's cultural climate, challenges to our relationships, challenges to our careers have left us not only frustrated and worried and discouraged, but cynical. If happiness does exist, and if we do happen for just a brief moment, are able to experience a little bit of happiness, we've come to believe that it's temporary. Here, one moment, and gone the next. But the first thing we see in our text this morning is that happiness is possible. In fact, the Hebrew word translated as happy, or in some of your Bible translation, blessed, is a, is a Hebrew word that is meaning more than just fleeting moments of joy and satisfaction and settledness, but it is speaking to a consistent state of those things, something that, that lasts, something that is there consistently, something that we abide in if we are truly happy. And it's in verses 2 and 3 in our text that we see the path to happiness. Would you read those again with me? It says, Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. What I believe Psalm 1 is trying to teach us and this is the, the doorkeeper, many commentators say, to the rest of this psalm. All of these, these collections of songs. This very first one is trying to, to teach us that happiness should not be the goal of our life. But rather it is a result of a different pursuit. And understanding this simple truth is the key to experiencing the type of happiness this psalm is talking about. What is that simple truth? It is this. The degree of satisfaction you will experience in life is directly linked to the depth of your relationship with Christ. I want you to hear that again. Because I think for many of us, happiness is circumstantial. It seems temporary, and to a lot of us, it may seem like a pipe dream. But the degree of satisfaction that you will experience in life is directly linked to the depth of your relationship with Christ. And if we believe God's word, and I do, it says that happiness is possible. And so this morning, I want us to understand and consider what it is to experience the happiness that Scripture talks about. Not a, a, a fake, hollow shell of happiness that the world tries to push on us. You see... What the scriptures tell us here is like many other biblical truths that are counterintuitive, meaning the things that we would think would, would lead to one other conclusion or outcome don't actually lead to that outcome. 
For example, in Scripture, we, we learn that the, the way up is down. That the last will be first. To be great, we must serve. If we want to live, we must die. The Bible is full of all these counterintuitive statements about what it means to be in relationship with God and follow after God. And the same thing is true here. If you want to be happy, stop pursuing happiness and you will find happiness. Jared C. Wilson, in an article that he wrote on this chapter, said, The tone of Psalm 1 isn't primarily about things to do, but rather experiencing things that are done. More specifically, things that are done for us. So who is the one that is happy? It's the one whose delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. And then look at this beautiful illustration that the text gives us to try to help us understand what they're saying. In verse 3, it says, He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. A few years ago, I was at the Oregon State Fair, and uh, I, was, I was there on the night where the Christian band was in, and that year it was Casting Crowns. And they had just released an album called Thrive. And the lead singer of Casting Crowns, Mark Hall, was telling the story behind the title of that album and the, and the main song of that album called Thrive. And Mark was a former youth pastor, and he was talking about a time where he had taken his youth group on a mission trip to Alabama. And they had visited this place called The Junction. It was this place in Geneva where two rivers came together. And right in the middle of that junction was this big park. And in the middle of the park was this humongous tree called the Constitutional Oak. Uh, They believe that this tree was about 300 years old and it was a massive tree. And this little picture on the screen doesn't do it justice because this tree is huge. Its trunk measures about 22 feet across. Its height is 69 feet tall, and its spread, or its reach, its branches, are 163 feet by 154 feet. That's a big tree. And so when you're in Geneva, Alabama, which I've never been, (laughs) the thing to do is to go look at the Constitutional Oak. But he tells this story that he gathered the youth group and he wanted to take a picture of the group in front of the tree, but in order to get the whole thing in the frame, he had to walk back quite a ways. And as he's walking back quite a ways, there was an old farmer that came alongside him and started talking to him, making chit-chat. And Mark recalls what the farmer said to him. He says, you know these old trees like this, they are strong for a reason. If you take all the dirt away, you would see that there is just as much root as there is reach. Mark says he realized that this tree, close to 300 years old, had thrived for centuries, not because of its size above ground, but because of the depths of its root underground. And he said, there is just as much going on underground as above ground, and that's why it is so strong. And I think this is the the thing that we need to see from verse 3 when it talks about this idea of being a tree that is planted by flowing streams, is that as a believer, 
My satisfaction, my settledness, my happiness is going to come from me being firmly rooted in the Lord. I can say all these things that people can see above ground. I can try to be a part of all these things that are going to be good godly works. I can try to live my life in a way that gets people to think about God or think that I am close to God. But the reality is that if I don't have the root system, the first struggle, the first difficulty that comes in my life is going to topple me over. This tree in Alabama between these two rivers had survived many, many floods. In fact, he talks about that there are, if you get up close and look at the trunk, there are these rings of where the floodwaters had raised, places where like, you know, bikes are floating across by houses. I mean, huge floods in this part of Alabama, and yet this tree has withstood them all. Why? Because it has deep roots. And so this passage this morning tells us that the person who is going to experience a happiness that is rooted in the Lord is going to come from not pursuing happiness. It's not about doing something. It's about going deeper into something that's already been provided us, and that is a relationship with the Lord. It's understanding Him. It's knowledge of Him and Him alone. And so this morning, I just want to highlight three keys to developing deep spiritual roots in your life. Three keys that I think we can derive from this text this morning that I'd like for us to consider because I believe our desire is that we would experience happiness. And I know there's some in the room who struggle with me even saying this because there is one kind of idea that happiness shouldn't be something Christians talk about. We should talk about joy. Joy, that's the real thing. Happiness, that's worldly. Can I tell you that if you do a a search of the scriptures and you look at it, that happiness and joy are used almost synonymously throughout the scriptures? So I'll agree with you. We shouldn't be searching after worldly happiness or man-made happiness. But I believe that God intentionally said, happy, blessed, content, satisfied is the one who knows me and is growing deeper in relationship with me and delights in me. So the first key then, if I want to have deep spiritual roots that will help me withstand all the struggles of life and all those things that are going to try to take me out, the first thing that I need to do is I need to make sure that I am planted in good soil. I think we are called here to evaluate the influences in our lives. It says here in verse 1, how happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. I think most of us know that if we're going to plant something and we want it to grow and to thrive and have good roots and to be very fruitful and pursue, we're going to prepare the land. We're going to make sure that we remove anything that could try to rob of the nutrients or to try to strangle or choke out that new growth and that development. So we're going to till up the soil. We're going, to, we're going to make sure there's no weeds there. We're going to take out any rocks that might impede the development of the root system. He says here, there's, there's two ways that we can kind of choose to live. We can either try to live by what the world says and listen and, and participate and act like the world and pursue what it has to offer as far as being happy and settled, or we can lean into the Lord. And so I think we, we need good soil. We need to evaluate the influences in our life. I think one of the reasons that some of us are not experiencing 
spirit-produced happiness is because we're listening to things that are actually choking out the Word of God. They're distracting us. They're turned up so loud, we can't even actually hear the Lord. We can't, even, we can't even understand. We don't register what he's saying to us. When things start to go wrong, the question is, where are we running to for advice? What, what are we listening to for counsel? Who are we seeking after to find peace and comfort and happiness? Derek Kidner, in his commentary on Psalms, makes this observation. He says, whatever really shapes a man's thinking shapes his life. I think there are a number of us who would say, I, I, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I believe that the Bible is true. So when it says that something's possible, I believe it's true. And I, I, want, I believe that obedience to it is the most important thing. But my life doesn't seem to be living in harmony with what Scripture is saying. Why is that? Could it possibly be that I've allowed other influences to be the thing that I'm listening to the most? That I'm getting drawn into walking in the advice of the wicked or standing in the pathway of sinners or sitting in the company of mockers? That last statement is the most dangerous. Those mockers are the ones who have not just said we don't agree with God. We are actively mocking God and said, who would ever believe what the Bible says? And if we are so foolish to think, I would never say that. It doesn't start by just saying, I believe in God today, and tomorrow I don't believe in God. It starts by saying, every day, slowly and more often, I start to close this, and I start to turn on my phone, or I start to listen to somebody else, and I start to listen to what they are telling me I should do, how I should deal with my problems, where I'm going to find happiness, what I deserve and slowly we become so cynical and so callous that we say, I, I can't believe this. I used to trust in that, but it, never, it just let me down. We need to evaluate the influences of our life because we are going to have a hard time developing deep spiritual roots if we're not planted in good soil. And in Christ, there's no reason that we can't be because he's taken us out of this domain of darkness, this dry land near no water source, full of weeds and rocks and things that want to destroy us and he has placed us transferred us into the kingdom of his son into the most fertile ground possible he's removed everything and he says here grow here stay near me sometimes like i'm unhappy why is that could it be that i've chosen to lift myself out of that soil and go back to that dry and arid place where there's no real life it's all an oasis. So we have to be considering our influences. We need to avoid the advice of the wicked and the pathway of sinners and the company of mockers. But there's a second thing that we can do to develop deep, deeper spiritual roots, and that is we need to be consistently watered. We need to drink often from the scriptures. Look what it says here in verse 3. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. What this verse is telling us is that there is a, when we are close to God and we are, we are learning about him and we're reading his word and we're going deeper in our relationship with him, fruit will be produced. God will make us useful 
He's redeemed us. He's restored us. He will begin to do stuff in us that we cannot produce in ourselves, and it will be for our good and his glory. And as we do that, he is honored. But what this verse is also saying, that it will bear fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither, is speaking also that there's going to be times where we're not producing maybe fruit. We're not feeling as, as, as fruitful. That's not because the Lord is not near us or we're not growing in him. But what this is actually an amazing promise that even in seasons that where the heat is turned up and we're feeling oppressed, we won't wither. Why? Because we still are connected to a, a source of life. And we will go deeper into those, that soil where the water is. We will continue to lean in further to the Lord when things are hot and things are hard and things are, are, are trapping us. And we will continue to be healthy and thriving and satisfied and happy. Why? Because we are close to the flowing streams, the living water, the Lord. I was talking with a friend a couple weeks ago who was struggling. And they had described themselves as kind of being recently impatient with their family, irritated at just kind of how things were going. You know, one of those seasons where just everything is going wrong and inconsiderate. That they were just being told that they weren't really paying attention. They weren't being very present at home. And as we talked, I just asked, and, and this might seem like, well, this is what pastors always ask. That's why we don't go talk to pastors. But I, I asked, like, how's your time been in the Word? How's your fellowship been with the Lord and his people? And he admitted that he hadn't been in the word as much as he had liked to be. Have you ever said that? I have. Yeah, I just haven't been as much as I usually am or I'd like to be. You know, things have been busy. So there was no judgment when he said that from me because I know what that's like. But as we continued to talk, we discussed how easy it would be for us to point to outside factors that was leading us and causing us to be irritated and inconsiderate and impatient. And we would quickly look to solutions that would lead to quick fixes. I'll just try to not get so upset at my spouse or I'll just try to not let those things bother me anymore. And we're just trying to take care of these circumstances on our own. But what we agreed is that we can, we can try to address all those things, but we're not actually addressing the issue, which is at the root. See, the real issue wasn't what was happening above the surface. It was going on, what was going on below the surface. They hadn't been near the water. They hadn't been drinking deeply from the scriptures. They hadn't been listening to the Lord, desiring to go deeper with him. They hadn't been approaching the, the word of God and saying, I don't understand everything it means, but I'm just going to continue to think upon it. And God, I'm going to ask you to give me understanding of something because your word is truth and your Holy Spirit is the great counselor and you can help me understand this. And we agreed that when we are firmly rooted in the Lord, we can stay spiritually healthy even in times of heat. So if we want our roots to grow deep, not only do we need to make sure that we've, we're, we're in good soil and we've eliminated those influences that are going to draw us away from God's word, but we also need to be consistently drinking from God's word. I think sometimes we plant ourselves in church, we come on Sundays, we participate in growth groups and oikos groups, and, and we, we serve and we're thinking, okay, I'm in those right areas, and then through osmosis, I'm just going to start growing spiritual fruit. That's not what it takes. 
It doesn't come from what I do. It comes from who I am in Christ. And as I grow deeper into him, he produces in me life and happiness. So the question is for you this morning, where are you drinking from? Now, I've said this many times. Every time I preach a message, I preach it first to myself. And oftentimes when we're not in, a, in one of our book studies or in a series like this one, where it's just a, a one Sunday message, these messages usually come from something that we have been, God's been working on in, in my life. But as I've been thinking about this, how easy is it for me in, in, the, in the routine of the day when I have a free moment to let my attention go to something that's not sinful, but it's, it's not the word first. The Bible doesn't say how long, how often, but it talks about here that the person who finds that happiness and finds that delight in what God has to say is the person who meditates on it, chews on it, keeps going back to it, takes the long-term approach. I'm just gonna continue to let you teach me and drive this deeper into my heart and mind, Lord. Tim Keller and his devotional through the book of Psalms says this, views contrary to God's word are no anchor in a time of need. God's word gives us the resilience of a tree with the source of living water that will never dry up. Final thing that I think we need to do if we're going to have deeper roots that are going to allow us to stand and to grow and to thrive in the Lord. And that is, we need time. We need to prioritize a deeper relationship with Christ. Jump back with me in verse two one more time. It says this, instead of following the advice of wicked and standing in the pathway of sinners and sitting in the company of mockers, instead the person who who is happy, who is blessed, who is settled and satisfied, their delight is in the Lord's instruction and he meditates on it day and night. What this passage tells us is that delight doesn't come overnight. It's developed over time. Delight doesn't come overnight. It's developed over time. I heard one person say that delight is the result of meditation. Sometimes we stop reading the Bible or we kind of get inconsistent in, in, in sitting in it and soaking in it and considering it because I'm not, I've heard people say this and I've said it at times, I'm just not getting much out of my, my, my quiet time. I'm just not getting much out of it. There's a difference between saying that and saying I'm just going to continue to meditate on it. God, I, I'm going to continue to go back to it and to read it and to contemplate it and to pray and to listen, knowing that you said your word goes out from you like rain to the earth that's designed to to help things grow and to germinate and be produced, and it never returns void. It never goes out and doesn't accomplish what it's going to accomplish, and your word has been given to me, and so I'm going to continue to sit in that, the rain of your word until you produce in me what you want it to produce. We can try to grow fast in the Christian life. We can try to learn a lot and go do a lot for the Lord. But without deep spiritual roots, we will topple over pretty easily. In his book called Deeper, Dane Ortland says this, Christian growth is an enterprise, not mainly in adding, but deepening. 
If you are in Christ, you have everything you need to grow. You are united to Christ by the Holy Spirit. You are in him and he is in you. Are you happy? Truly, consistently happy. What this passage is telling us is that it's not happy are the people who do, but rather happy who are those who delight in the Lord, who that's their focus, that's what they're pursuing, is going deeper in the relationship with Christ. You see, happiness for some of us is often reduced to things that we can attain. Something that we don't have that we think, if I can just get this, then I will be happy. So I'm going to go work hard and save and prepare and, and, and make deals and try to attain this because if I have this, then I will be happy. And so we'll pursue happiness. We'll believe that if we can attain it, it will add something to our lives that we don't already have. But for the Christian, this is the wrong pursuit. Because 2 Peter 1.3 says this, and I want you to hear this. 2 Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by his own glory and goodness. You don't need anything else to be happy if you are in Christ. That doesn't mean that life's not going to be hard. That doesn't mean that life will be easy. This isn't just choosing to be happy and to be naive to all the real trauma and pain that we are feeling that is coming from a broken world. No, this is saying that in spite of all that, as the season is dry and the heat is up and it seems like there's water is going out all over, I'm still planted next to an eternal flowing stream and my leaf won't wither and I will stay consistent. And in God's due time, in its season, he will produce in me what he wants to produce. And I believe that because this statement in 2 Peter is an amazing statement. Everything required for life and godliness, nothing spared, nothing withheld. That means that the means to a happy, settled, satisfied life has been provided through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? Here's the conclusion for this morning. If you can't say, I'm happy, not earthly happy, not temporary happy. I am happy in Christ. If you're not experiencing that happiness, I'd like to propose to you that it could be that you're not planted in your flowing streams of water that bear fruit in its season whose leaf does not wither. C.S. Lewis said like this, If you aim at heaven, you get earth thrown in. But if you aim at earth, you get neither. If our focus is on Christ, happiness, even in harsh and difficult times, is possible. But if our focus is on happiness, we'll miss out on everything that has been provided in him. Let's pursue a deeper relationship with Christ.
For in that pursuit, we will find everything we need for life and godliness. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for your good and precious promises. You you have never failed us. And for some of us this morning, God, we're hearing this message and we don't have a relationship with you. And so we've experienced things that have been good and pleasurable because we have been created in your image, but we haven't experienced the satisfied life that only comes to relationship with you. And God, I'm just thankful for the promises that says that anyone today who would believe in the gospel for their salvation can receive not only their sins being forgiven and be in right standing with you, but they would receive your Holy Spirit and they would begin to experience the satisfied life through relationship with you. God, I pray for anyone today that does not have that, who's not tasted your goodness, would pursue you, would, would say, Lord, I, I believe that Jesus is the only way to the Father. I believe that he died for my sins, was being buried and rose again, and I want a relationship with you. Would you help me, Father? And for those of us, Lord, who, who desire to be happy but aren't experiencing it, even though we are in relationship with you, help us to consider our influences, to till the soil around us, help us to be more consistently watered in your word, and help us to spend more time with you. Help us to grow deeper rather than to pursue more things outside of you. For there we will find everything we need for life and godliness. That's our prayer this morning. We ask it in your son's beautiful name. Amen.